Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley, trying to get his voice back on Citizen on New uh, Citizen Watch. That's what this is. Come on. That's humor said. Winton. Atwater. Legrand. And our favorite little community out there, Dairyland. That's right, Gustine. Even though I guess you could consider River Valley Dairyland. Man, a lot of dairies out there. Hoped in that area. Oh, so many things going on. Let's see. We need to get out of this bonus half hour. That's right. It's a bonus half hour. It's Saturday morning, September 7th. 7th. Ah, it looks like a 7 when you have bad eyesight. September 2nd. Oh, my shorts. Let's see here. What are we doing? I'm five years I don't know about that song. That's a little... That's a little... A little too slow, isn't it, for our crowd? Let's see what we have here. Oh, we go up there. We do this. Dave has a staff. Oh! Let's see. I don't know how to work. Hey, uh, here we are, Saturday morning, the bonus half hour. And uh, we were talking in the 8 o'clock hour about a lot of things. You know, some people say you can't arrest your way out of uh, crime. Well, we were doing a pretty good job of it for a lot of years because now it's out of control. We're in the murder per capita of California here in the county of Merced, the county of mercy. It's not something you want to uh, really have as a, uh, you know, a gold star there on the report card. It certainly isn't. It's a, a black mark. It's not good. And we need to do something about it. Our sheriff is very concerned about it. And yet we have the concern that, you know, we're going to close the library or something. Well, I, I can tell you that we have a lot bigger concerns than that. You know, I know the mayor had a big ball, uh, you know, one of his many, uh, I don't know, this is the official one, I guess. Uh, it was in the paper, big, 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 where was that? Big splash. And uh, it just reminds me of, you know, when Rome is burning, you know, let's rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. We got some big problems out there. And uh, I can tell you the state of the city, he wanted a, Mayor Serrato wanted to have a, a state of the city address uh, this month. Well, you, you can just drive around and see, uh, see the, uh, the state of our city. Really interesting, one of the uh, pictures here, Gloria Keene and her bow with her bow. Big tall guy. Gloria Cortez Keene. Man, I haven't. She, <laughs> it's amazing who came out to this mayoral ball. Uh, big, big deal. Some 300 guests, dignitaries, really, 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 really big. But the big, uh, the big news, the real news, library supporters urge supervisors to be mindful of budget cuts. We talked about this a lot in the 8 o'clock hour. I'm not going to go through it again, but uh, we've got, you know, public safety is on the ballot, my friends. And this board of supervisors, I don't know if they realize it, but uh, they better get their priorities straight. Sheriff Warnke uh, brought up in his uh, address to the board that, you know, some of you said your numbers, men, your numbers driven, you know, you can't give one department more. I don't know what that meant, but the point being is uh, public safety is very, very important to the citizens of this community. And as the county goes, so goes the city, just like the ambulance service. We talked a little bit about that. They had an interesting article in this week's Merced County Times. 
Uh, I would I would encourage uh, people to read it again. This one was above the fold. It says stay calm. August thirty first edition, Merced County Times. An ambulance is on the way, or is it? Question mark. Concerns persist over the EMS response delays, and I really feel for the Riggs family. I've heard this comment in the community before because they lent their name to this provider and it has nothing to do with the Riggs family and I don't want people to think that that the you know Riggs ambulance is uh is still uh you know I mean it's their name but it's not they they're not doing the day to day and it's interesting here in this article I really have to again commend Chief Parker Derek Parker for saying uh uh you know about about the Riggs uh ambulance uh, that it, that it's not the uh, it's not the same place uh, when he worked there. Uh, it, it's not the same Riggs because Chief Parker actually worked for Riggs Ambulance. He came in here and uh, did an interview with Roger Wood Community Conversations about uh, about uh, some other things, uh, some training. And uh, it was it's interesting how folks that have been and been around Riggs for a long time realize that it's not it's not the same uh, it's not the same service even though the name may may appear the same. And the response times are abominable. Uh, this article deals with uh, a police officer, Merced police officer, actually after transporting a victim in the backseat of his patrol car over to Mercy Medical Center because uh, the wait time for the ambulance was too long. That's unacceptable, my friends. I mean, uh, police officers do have basic medical training, but anything can happen on the way over. The liability to the city is incredible. This is something, again, the county should be on top of. The Board of Supervisors should be have a handle on this. They're responsible for the contract. And as Chief Parker said, if, you, if it takes more than five minutes for an ambulance to get to you and you have an oxygen supply problem, well, it's not going to be good. And, the, and this, this, this is a public safety issue. Again, public safety, Board of Supervisors, you know, your number's driven. I don't know what it's going to take. We already have some high numbers. We have the most murders per capita of any county in California, just so you Board of Supervisors understand it. Because I know Sue Walsh used a big word, Dr. Walsh, excuse me, used a big word. You know, when she addressed the Board of Supervisors the other day, she goes, we ask that you not, we ask you not countenance such discussion in county offices and certainly not to close or otherwise disadvantage the Merced County Library System in support of another county department based on its request in other words don't give the sheriff what he wants now for you folks that don't know what the word countenance is it means admit as acceptable or possible sue lost him when she when she wrote they just their eyes must have glazed over when she dropped that word but the bottom line is we do need to admit it's possible that we need to support the sheriff more i'm not saying we need to decimate the library system but we can't the the sheriff's department's already decimated so i don't want what else you want to do? But uh, anyway, the, the point is, is this ambulance is, is a big deal. Public safety is a big deal. And it, it's going to be on the ballot. And uh, I hope to have the sheriff to talk about that. You know, let's go back to the city council meeting because there's a city council meeting coming up Monday night at the city of Merced, September 4th, over there at the council chambers located at uh, 678 West 18th Street up there on the palatial second floor. Beautiful, beautiful facility. And we were talking about a public hearing item that's going to happen, J1. This is adoption of a general rule exemption 
an introduction of an ordinance amending the municipal code regarding accessory dwelling units and junior accessory dwelling units. And I find it uh, very, very interesting, uh, very, very interesting uh, what's, what's going on in this. Uh, this came from the uh, Planning Commission, our friends over there at the Planning Commission, a very unique group of individuals to say the least. Uh, this is a general plan policy. The proposed zoning ordinance amendment would make changes in response to changes in state law regarding accessory dwelling units, density bonus definitions, and add sections for, get this, tiny homes on wheels. Now, these aren't Hot Wheels. These aren't, uh, well, they actually are uh, RVs, recreational vehicles, because they're defined uh, under state law as such. But the proposed ordinance would allow attached, detached, excuse me, ADUs near a major transit stop or high-quality transit corridor to be at least at least 18 feet with a maximum two-foot increase to accommodate roof pitch. So that's 20. The proposed ordinance would also allow a detached ADU up to 18 feet on a parcel with an existing or proposed multifamily, multi-story dwelling in an effort to stay ahead of ever-changing state law. A blanket statement has also been added to clarify that an event in the event that an ADU ordinance conflicts with current state law, state law will prevail. And that's what's happening here in California for developers. State law is prevailing in everything because of the shortage of housing. As you know, this has been a big, big topic. We've talked about it. Affordable housing, that's a whole other topic. But this is basically, you know, accessory dwelling units, a granny flat, a utilization of property. And I have been for this in the fact that we have a lot of big lots here in Merced. You go into some of the older parts of town, the half half block deep lots. These huge backyards have alley access. The services uh, have been a concern as far as the existing infrastructure, sewer and water, how many units they could handle. You know, if everybody on the block did one, that would basically double the capacity of a neighborhood. Would that be too much? I don't know. But to give those homeowners the ability that have the means or to give maybe a development opportunity for a homeowner that wouldn't otherwise do it uh, to develop their property, to monetize their property. Again, private property rights. I don't have any problem with people uh, making a little money on their property, whether it being additional rent or whatever. So to build a structure to do that and also fulfill a housing shortage need why not but now they propose tiny homes on wheels now that's one thing but here's a section that they didn't talk about they said this section will be brought back for consideration at a later date and i'm worried where this is headed because it's one thing to monetize your property with a structure that you know you pour a foundation and we'll talk about what an adu is and how big it can be but a tiny home on wheels uh, it's more than a trailer park. Uh, it's a little less than a trailer park, actually, because it's a tiny home on wheels. And they talk about villages. Villages? Villages means a lot of them, right? So anyway, uh, that's going to be talked about at a later date. I wish the planning department would have expounded on that because I think it's very important. Let me go to the actual presentation because we only have so much time together. The city talks about their uh, time frame, what they've been trying to do. As you know, they 
just instilled some in-lieu fees if people don't want to build affordable housing or that sort of thing they can they can get out of it by paying some some i think some pretty steep fees that are going to actually stifle development but let's go through what some of the definitions are now in this uh in this new proposed ordinance a duplex home is a residential structure that contains two dwelling units each with its own entrance a duplex may be defined as being detached or attached now i always thought they were attached but if they aren't attached, I guess that's, well, that's still considered a duplex. Each unit within a duplex home provides complete independent living facilities for one or more persons, including living, sleeping, eating, cooking, and sanitation. A small house, that's a detached single-family dwelling that is between 400 and 1,200 square feet. It can be a standalone or on its own lot, and there can be multiple small houses on a single lot in one ownership. And then, of course, there's small house villages which are two or more small houses on a single parcel, held as one with a property manager that must have common amenities. Almost like, uh, you know, a condo, something like that. I don't know. Small house. And then tiny homes are wheels, are thos. Not a throw, but a thow. T-H-O-W. A dwelling that provides independent living facility and meets the requirements. It contains 400 square feet or less of gross floor areas, excluding loft areas. So you can have a you know, kind of the, the bunk bed, the upper loft, you know, the granny, granny's loft, I think they used to call that in the, uh, in the U-Haul. It may not exceed 14 feet in width at the maximum horizontal projection. It is built upon a single chassis with wheels, so you can't have, like, bolt together a bunch of uh, trailers. It may only be transported on public highways with a permit-issued section, blah, 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 the vehicle code, and constructed to certain standards... And certified by a qualified third party with a label of approval such as those approved by the Recreational Vehicle Industry Association. So isn't that interesting that we've now got from these tiny homes? And you've seen the uh, storage containers that have been converted into homes. No, not the the D Street shelter. No, I'm talking about, uh, or the the, uh, navigation center. No, I'm talking about uh, actual... Homes that are made out of uh, storage containers, they come, they set them down, or they weld them together, a group of homes. No, these actually have wheels, and uh, that's why they call them tiny homes on wheels. And so the question becomes, what a uh, solution to homelessness? Pave a parking lot somewhere, put in the utilities, uh, the sewer, the uh, sanitation, and just uh, park a bunch of those in there. And I don't know why the... Planning Commission, the eclectic group of people we have over there at the Planning Commission, didn't take this issue on and, and decide to talk about it. So the permitted land uses in the residential zoning districts, you can have uh, small houses in R1, R2, R3, and R4, and these are different density densities. Most people live in a you know R1, R2 area. And the purpose of uh, this whole ordinance is increased flexibility in design and lot side of, of new residential development in a manner that increases housing choices for residents, utilizes land resources efficiently, and ensures a high-quality neighborhood. These standards, uh, the standards intended to allow small houses as a form of affordable housing while preserving the character and residential neighborhoods within the city and encourage the development of single-family housing with more flexible development standards to meet housing needs. So, again, let me uh, flip through this presentation. There's some things I wanted to read to you about. 
accessory dwelling units. Only one space when it comes to parking, because this has been a concern when this was first brought up, is if you add more rentals, there's always a parking concern. It's been done in certain areas. El Cajon, California, allowed a lot of a lot of people to convert their single-family residence large lots into apartments, and they built them wall-to-wall. I mean, you could barely squeeze a credit card in between, in between some of these developments, and the off-street parking, or on-street parking, excuse me, became just unbearable for people to try to find a place to park within two blocks of their house. So they required more on-site parking uh, for these developments. But with ADUs, they don't. Uh, they have a lot of exceptions. No parking is required if it's within a half a mile of public transit. Well, that's a long way. In public transit, that's a bus stop. And uh, here in the city, there's a lot of bus stops. Owners are not required to live on site. Uh, this gives flexibility for people to, again, to develop property they may own. Maybe you have a house over there on 23rd. It's a big, big lot. You have one, you know, a little nine, eight hundred, you know, nine, twelve hundred square foot bungalow, but you're on a huge lot. Well, you can put another one or two because you can have up to three ADUs per parcel, one detached, one attached, and one junior ADU, which is a little, a little smaller. Height limits 25 feet, not exceeding and or not exceeding the height of the primary house. So again, if you have a two-story house, uh, two-story, I mean, 25 feet, that's a, that's a big, that's pretty tall. But let's talk about the, uh, the new concept, which I find interesting, tiny homes on wheels. It saves time and dollars as an option to traditional stick-built cottages, ministerially approved by the director. Here's the deal, folks. It doesn't go to the planning commission. It doesn't go to the city council. Scott McBride is your minister. That's right. He's like, he's like Father McBride. He wears, uh, wears the little collar. No, he, uh, he, he, it's his choice. Ministerial means it's taken out of the public's decision. And you're seeing more and more of this with affordable housing, with public housing, with higher densities. They don't want the NIMBYs. They don't want the, hey, I don't want that in my backyard. You know, the, hey, why are you uh, paving a parking lot? You're going to have all these small houses or uh, tiny, excuse me, Tiny homes on wheels get parked there the next day, all ministerially approved by the director, Father McBride, Father Scott McBride. I don't know if he's going to have a little confessional there. You know, he slides the the window up. There's the screen. Scott's there. License and re- these are uh, requirements. Licensed and registered. I'm teasing a little bit, Scott. Scott's a good guy. Licensed and registered by the California Department of Motor Vehicles. ANSI and NFPA certified. Well, I'd hope so. I mean, that's just basic construction standards. Only one per parcel permitted with a single family dwelling. So those folks that already have an RV, this is like having an RV. I don't know if they'll let you have RV RV parking and a tiny home on wheels because you already have a tiny home on wheels. Some people consider their car a tiny home on wheels if they have nothing else. But I don't think that's uh, ANSI and NFP certified. Two allowed for multifamily dwellings, just like other ADUs. So again, tiny homes on wheels. Interest isn't that a interesting deal? Five foot setbacks from rear and side yards, six feet between buildings. So I don't even think you can put a storage shed that close to your uh, uh, to your fence. But uh, tiny homes on wheels not allowed in the front exterior yard. So you can't just park it on the lawn. Roof pitch. 
much be at least two to twelve, so two feet for every well, two to twelve. Wheels and hitch must be must be attached and screened from view. So that's where you have the you know you see the RVs they park they put the plastic discs over the wheel so you can't see it. Under no circumstances shall under no circumstance shall motorhomes or other RVs serve as a tiny home on wheels, even though it is a tiny home on wheels when you go camping. But again, it's all in semantics. Must be on a paved parking pad. So even though these things don't have a motor. Uh, they do have a, uh, they must be on, you know, a hard surface, not necessarily a foundation, but I guess because they're on wheels, they probably don't want it to sink into the mud or the beautiful clay we have here in the valley. State density bonus law be consistent with state density bonus law. Uh, adjust incentive summary table. To, this is something they're going to do Monday night, potentially adjust the incentives summary table to add more target units at a lower income there. They're trying to get people incentivized. Again, we're in a capitalist society. A lot of the socialist Democrats, the flat-out communists on the board, don't understand how capitalism works. They love it when they're recipients of it or other people's work and efforts and hard labor. But they they certainly don't understand uh, how the uh, economy works. And you have to incentivize developers to come in and, and do this. So you have to give them... Uh, paths of least resistance, like ministerial approvals, where you go to Scott with a plan. You say, hey, I'm going to pave about 30 acres out there in North Merced, move in about 500 tiny homes on wheels, and suddenly we've got the ho- uh, homeless price, uh, uh, crisis uh, resolved. And Scott uh, blesses that because, it's, again, it's, a, it's Father Scott. I don't know if he has that much leeway, but this is where it's headed. To get away from the planning commission, you know, the uh, go and appeal to them. Hey, guys, what do you think about this? And how would you like to live here? That's all gone. They're trying to take that away. Same way with CEQA, California Environmental Quality Act. They've uh, part of the determination Monday night will be that uh, no matter how many of these things you add, because they're one at a time, there's no environmental impact. I have the report here somewhere. It's a little checklist, you know, one page. Hey, don't, you know, go in peace, my brother. Oh, here it is. So that'll be signed by, uh, who's that, management analyst, signature, lead agency. Notice of exemption. Zoning ordinance, uh, the nature of this deal, you know, you don't need CEQA because, hey, why? Why? It, uh, it would trigger significant environmental impact. Uh, That's why the project is exempt. So, again, ministerial uh, approvals, uh, exemptions from CEQA, all kinds of interesting things going on with the uh, redefinition of our Merced Municipal Housing Code. Uh, Shopping carts. They're going to have a discussion on shopping carts. This has been, I guess, a mayor's big pet peeve since he uh, drags them out of the creek every once in a while. He loves to uh, show Facebook. You know, he's got a rope around his waist. He's wrestling one out of the mud. And as you can imagine, a shopping cart buried up to its handles in mud is pretty hard to wrestle out of there. So uh, one of the council's goals and priority was to update its shopping cart ordinance as part of the quality of life and city policies. Uh, the intent of the ordinance is to protect against health and safety issues which may occur when shopping carts are abandoned. Now, you know, this is the preferred mode of transportation for our homeless community, our unhoused. It's, uh, uh, But they're going to penalize the business owners. God bless the city. Like, the business owners don't have enough to worry about in this town. You're going to make it so if they have more than... What is it? Uh, More than five shopping carts to be collected each year per business, and they're going to hold them hostage 
the shopping carts, that is, until you pay the money to get them back. I, you know, do you not have better things to worry about, me amigos, amigas over there on the council? Are there not better things to worry about than to make it harder for businesses to operate in the city of Merced? But I guess not. I guess not. Maybe it's just me. Maybe. It's just me. Hey, we got to go. We're out of time. Totally out of time. We'll see you next time on Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Couldn't do it without you. Hope to see you next week. Sorry about the voice. It's going, but uh, we got to get irrigating. There's water flowing. One of the last ones of the season. Y'all take care now. I love each and every one of you. Bye-bye.